This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Have a great episode for you today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Joined with you by an analyst who is really going places, and I uh, want to talk to Zach Drapkin. Uh, Zach, uh, you've got such an interesting project here. Uh, you know, we've we've been kind of looking at the time to throw metric for these last couple of years, and we've seen Roethlisberger have very extreme numbers. Jackson being the other end as, as far as a quarterback who holds the ball a long time. Joe Flacco also a fairly short one. But you've done some analysis that's just extremely interesting to me that says it's not a one-way statistic. 
it, it, it under certain circumstances, it's good to hold the ball longer and other circumstances is not. And you're going to tell us about your analysis here as we go through this. Zach, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to uh, to discuss. Now, first, first of all, let's get your Twitter handle out there so people can give you a follow because I'm sure there's great discussion there. So it's at Zach Drapkin, Z-A-C-H-D-R-A-P-K-I-N. Okay, Zach. And uh, the other thing people are going to be very jealous about is that uh, you've been an intern at PFF for uh, now how long? Uh, the last been working couple months. Sorry. Since, yeah, since uh, May. Okay. And now you will be an intern for the Baltimore Ravens for the rest of training camp, correct? As a, as a analytics intern? Yeah. I, uh, I start in a little over a week and I'll be there for, for training camp. Literally the, the analytics team. Everybody would love to have, will you be out of practice at all? Um, Don't I'm know. not certain, but, uh, we'll see. should be exciting either way to, to see how everything runs. All right. And so respect when Zach can't answer questions for you over the next month or so, make sure you know it's because he doesn't want to give away those in-house secrets and whatnot, but he's still someone good to talk to. So Zach, why don't you take us into your topic here? Kind of kind of tell us about uh, time since pressure and what you're trying to accomplish with it. Yeah. So maybe if I can, I can take a few steps back and introduce the, uh, the topic here. So this, this graph, the next couple graphs I'm going to show are from an article that Eric Eager, who was just on the show, um, wrote a couple years ago about how quarterbacks seem to control their pressure rate. Um, so on this graph, we can see on the x-axis, we have a quarterback's pressure rate in one year, and the y-axis is his pressure rate the next year. And there's a clear correlation between these. And similarly, we can see that there's another correlation between a quarterback's time spent in the pocket in one year and in the next. So a quarterback controls a lot of whether or not he's under pressure um, by when he decides to get rid of the ball. And PFF has also shown that pressures are are much more stable than stack uh, than sacks in terms of as metrics go as far as quarterbacks um, taking hits and things like that. Okay, so, so if we, you some here sometimes hear about a correlation coefficient r. If r was one, I'd have what kind of a line just a 45 degree angle line with every point directly on the so, line yeah every point would be exactly on the line okay yeah uh, they the interesting thing about correlation is the they wouldn't have to have the exact same values so it doesn't have to be a 45 degree line it would just have to be a line with all the points directly on the line because that means predictable relationship so if exactly you, if, if you're perfectly correlated if if one year's pressure total was was 100 that it always predicted the next year's would be 80 percent of that that would also be 100 percent correlation yeah. So for this correlation, as an example, the uh, coefficient is about 0.7 year over year for time to throw or time in pocket. So that's extremely high for various statistical measures. A a correlation coefficient of very highly correlated uh, items are are at 0.7, right? Can you give us some other examples maybe in football that you guys have seen that have been anywhere near that high? Um, It's a good question. I mean, this is honestly one of the stronger things Mm -hmm. we've seen Nothing comes to mind at the moment, um, but that just goes to show compared to anything else when you're looking at a quarterback's tolerance for taking pressure, taking sacks, uh, this is a very strong metric that we that we see. And the fact that it holds up so well for, for an individual quarterback shows that it's the onus of a quarterback taking pressure and taking hits is, is really on them to decide when they get rid of the ball. Okay. All right. So this is impressive. What else do you need to tell us about this? So I thought that as, as good as time to throw is as a statistic, as an average, it's, it's taking out some of the nuance of why players decide to hold on to the ball. Um, 
obviously holding onto the ball longer allows more things, more routes to develop downfield. Um, and as we can see, the green line shows clean pocket plays on the y-axis there is EPA per dropback. So just a general measure of play value. And we can see that the longer uh, a quarterback holds, holds onto the ball during a clean pocket play, the higher EPA they have on average. Mm -hmm. But what we see is that when there's pressure on a play, there's not that same relationship. And we can see that all pressured plays have a much lower EPA value and there's this decreasing slope. So the longer you hold onto the football, um, it's, it's a detrimental thing for your team. Okay, so I so thought um, that given this, we shouldn't ding quarterbacks for holding onto the ball when they don't have pressure. But as soon as the pressure comes, then we should judge how long they decide to hold onto the ball uh, since the moment of pressure. And so that's from there, I decided to look at a metric that I call time since pressure, which just takes the overall time to throw and subtracts how long it took for the pressure to arrive. Let me ask a question about this graph before we move on. I'm sorry, but I'm going to be like this the whole way through because people are uh, are, are not going to move as fast as you, Zach. So we got to let them kind of catch up to the thing. There's a few things I notice about that. The gray area that we see on this on this graph is a, a standard error which is, we think, not 100% sure, is going to be one standard deviation that it's naturally set up at? Yeah, about that. Okay. So uh, when we look through this, when you, look, when you see a very wide gray area, that means probably there's a very low sample size for that group. So there's a very low sample size of half-second time to throws leading to that very wide, or sorry, half-second pressure. Pressure, hmm. yes. So in general, there, there aren't a lot of plays that the ball comes out in half a second. Mm -hmm. So we're just more uncertain about the expected EPA on those plays. So that's why you have the wider error bars. Okay. But then as you go further, EPA very tightly bound within one standard deviation along that league average line, I'd say for both graphs, uh, but, but for time to throw really only about two seconds for uh, the clean pocket throws very tight all the way through that it's that it it correlates pretty well yeah and you can also see so i cut it off at five seconds you can see as it approaches five seconds the error bars start to widen again just shows that there are fewer plays that last that long as well so we're trying to really capture the majority of all plays all right. um, which most of them the ball comes out or there's a sack or a scramble within five seconds all right so if if, if i'm at the ballpark and the quarterback is out all day to throw and you, you get this feeling and you get very uncomfortable as a fan when you're on defense and the other quarterback has all time to throw. This graph tells you they're in the green line situation and it's a very, very bad thing, usually speaking. And, and the, the orange thing is there was pressure at any point during the play. It could be a four second pressure. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Green line excludes four second pressures. Even though those are great opportunities a pressure that developed at the four second point would not be included in that green line group in there. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. All right. So that, that sort of introduces the trade-off here. Whereas if you're holding the ball and you don't end up coming under pressure, it's a, it's a, it's a positive outcome, mm -hmm. but holding onto the ball longer also puts you at risk of going under pressure at which point immediately it becomes a play that, you know, it's, it's going to be a negative outcome on average. All right. So you're, you're, there's a there's a self definition of this where any player, any play that comes under pressure, you're doing it. Um, I, you're going to sell me on the notion that it's a choice between those two things. And that's what we're going to we're going to get into in the remaining graphs, because a lot of these, it seems like the natural thing would be to hold it for longer and longer to look for a play. 
And the ones that never pressure never develops, well, of course, those end up being well. And the ones that are pressure develops even late, well, of course, you have a bad result. That's, that's what we'd expect. But you're going to take it to the next level with, with this next stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the classic example in the analytics community for this has been Russell Wilson. So he's a player who takes a long time to throw uh, on average compared to other quarterbacks. And he has a very high sack rate, very high pressure rate. Mm-hmm. And we can see, so this is now using time since pressure on the x-axis. And we can see the league average uh, at every value of time since pressure. So at any point after the pressure comes, uh, the average EPA is negative. And Russell Wilson at any point has a an above average expected EPA per dropback once once pressure has arrived, but his his expectation is still below zero, meaning it's still a negative play on average. Mm-hmm. So we can see that if you look at a quarterback's average time since pressure, um, there's a relationship that you can sort of see clusters of players that if they do better under pressure, they actually tend to take longer under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, now you could spin it one way where you say, maybe they're, they're better under pressure because they take longer, but we can actually see that um, the highest point for, for the average quarterback in terms of EPA, once the pressure has come, is getting rid of the ball immediately. Um, that's the best way to lose as, as few you know, points on average as possible. And so you have this cluster of players at the top right of this graph here who do well under pressure, but they also hold the, onto the ball much longer. And you can see uh, Lamar Jackson actually is the highest average time since pressure uh, among any quarterback with at least 1,000 dropbacks since 2011. Okay, so, so. He's, at, he's at the top. That's time. That's the y-axis is time since pressure. And then that EPA dropback, he's also, what, third best it looks like behind Mahomes and Terod Taylor. Would not have necessarily picked that, but those three guys at least are on the efficient frontier, probably some others as well. Definitely. All right. So let's go back to the previous slide for a second because there's one other comment I want to make about this. So you have good plays and bad plays. So you still, you still haven't convinced me of one component here, but you're going to, Zach. I already know because I've looked at your slides. But the, but the, uh, the Russell Wilson green line here is always better than the league average. Hasn't yet told me that you're better off getting rid of the ball quickly. What, what I would say is you're taking, you're taking a truncated set of his plays here and you're saying he, the league average is terrible in these circumstances. And, and Russell Wilson is always better in these circumstances. It would be a question as to whether he creates pressure on more plays, but that's really then the, the, the thing that we need to decide. Does he create as much pressure or allow as much pressure early on, say, or throughout the stream of the play? And I imagine we're going to get to some of that analysis as we go here. Right. So if you think of a quarterback's decision of whether or not to get rid of the ball at any point as a gamble, mm-hmm. you could say at any given moment, the league average gamble is this dotted line. And at any given moment, Russell Wilson has a better gamble than the majority of quarterbacks in the league because he does better at any given point mm-hmm. in time uh, holding onto the ball. But it's still a losing gamble because you see the red line here shows the zero EPA line. Mm-hmm. and at every point, Russell Wilson is still below that. I, I, I get it. So maybe put it right when the pressure comes, if he gets rid of it, that's his highest point, And that's slightly positive. The point here being, as soon as the pressure comes, the play is on average going to be negative, And it doesn't really matter who you are. Um, you know, any anything, this one quarterback out here, which I believe is Aaron Rodgers, there aren't many plays out here. So the error bars are going to be massive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really just goes to show as soon as the pressure comes, 
the best way to salvage that play is is, or is just to get rid of the football. There, there'd be lots of ways to, to make analogies of this to the real world, but one of them would be my results playing poker in a casino were terrible. And if, you, if you're on the green line, I might be better than an average poker player in a casino, but my best bet is still not to go to the casino at all. Exactly. Uh, because that's, that's where uh, all those results or most of those results are below average. All right. Terrific. Let's, let's uh, keep going here. Yeah. So we can see that quarterbacks who tend to hold onto the ball once pressure comes are, are usually quarterbacks that also tend to invite pressure more frequently. So on the y-axis, we have got pressure rate. On the x-axis, we have average time since pressure. And we can see at the top right here, we have a bunch of players who hold onto the ball longer and are tend, you know, most of them tend to be seen as players who are evasive and good at getting away from pressure. They also allow, you know, they, they invite the most pressure. They're pressured on a high percentage of their plays. And because we've shown that quarterbacks control their pressure rate, um, you know, one thing that you could say is quarterbacks who, um, who we've shown that if they hold onto the ball longer, they tend to be better at a given point under pressure. They might be overconfident in thinking that because they're better than the average quarterback under pressure, they should face pressure more. But what they don't understand or, or what, it might not be that they don't understand. It's just that um, the way that their play style works, they're still losing when they invite pressure. It's just they're losing less on each play. But if you take pressure more frequently, it's, it's, it's a negative habit because any quarterback is much better in a clean pocket than he is under pressure. Gotcha. Okay. And so this is, it's, it's there's still a piece I'm missing here because the denominator, the, the, the universe you're using is all the losing plays still is all the pressure plays. And so you've you've convinced me of, of, of several things, that it's a losing proposition in general, but I'm still looking for the piece of evidence that says, you know, how can a quarterback optimize that relationship between, I'm going to take a gamble, I'm going to lose some bets and take pressure, and I'm also going to, going to hold on to the football and maximize those green line opportunities from the first or seconds line that were really showing how much value there was when I held the ball in a clean pocket. Right. So you know, the best quarterbacks certainly know how to play this line well. And so this graph shows how many of a player's pressures turn into sacks. Mm -hmm. So as you'd expect, the longer you hold onto the ball, the more likely on a pressured play, the more likely you, you are to get sacked. And we can see that. And then there's a clear positive correlation here. What we see in this cluster of players at the bottom left is the majority of the great quarterbacks of the past two decades. You have Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, a bunch of these quarterbacks had very low average time since pressure. And as a result, did not get sacked on a lot of their pressures, even when they did take pressure. So their, their play style and their habits were to, you know, try to maximize the play. But if the pressure gets there, get rid of the ball as soon as possible. Would it be Have also fair outlet. to say there's not one guy in that group that's circled that's not a traditional pocket quarterback? Yes, I'm looking that would also group. be fair to say. Yeah. So, um, okay. I, I mean, I, I, I see that. So the guys that know, what this tells me is the guys that are traditional pocket quarterbacks know how to get rid of the ball very quickly. And they do. And right. They do well, the good, good ones. So the thing that you see is there are also a lot of, you know, traditional pocket quarterbacks on here that don't have those same habits. So if you look at other parts of the graph, you can see that a, um, Alex Smith, for example, mm -hmm. in the, the top center of the graph, gets sacked on more than 20% of his pressured plays and he holds onto the ball a lot longer. You wouldn't think of him as like 
the most mobile quarterback out there. You can see Blaine Gabbert is way above the line, Matt Castle, Andy Dalton, any of these guys are still thought of as, as more traditional style quarterbacks, but they hold on to the ball longer. And as a result, they get sacked. The good ones, the good traditional pocket quarterbacks understand that the best option for them is just to get rid of the ball as soon as possible once the pressure arrives. Okay. I, I guess another question I would have that would come up naturally is we know running quarterbacks get sacked a lot, but in Baltimore, we've seen Lamar Jackson really not get sacked that much. I mean, he doesn't take, he doesn't have an extraordinarily high sack rate, but, but when he does get sacked, um, it's often really a run for minus one more than it's a sack. So he leaves the pocket, does not quite get to the line of scrimmage or does not get behind it beyond it anyway, because you, you can have S zeros too. Um, and those are then getting included in the sack number here um, that would be included in the rate. Whereas I think the average sack he takes is, is almost certainly going to be for less yards, less negative value, less negative EPA, however you want to term it, than other quarterbacks who are getting sacked. Right. So compared to a player like Russell Wilson, uh, Lamar actually has a pretty reasonable pressure rate below, you know, right around, right around 35% compared to Russell Wilson, who's above 40%. Deshaun Watson's another classic case okay. uh, above 40%. Um, and so if we look at how Lamar does, so this is a graph of, of his EPA per drop back uh, for, for any given time since pressure, we can see that he's also above average. And there are, you know, he, he has been able to have plays where he escapes pressure and salvages them for positive EPA, but in general, it's still a losing, a losing gamble for him. Right. So as, as well as he does at um, not losing too much under a given pressure, he's still better in, in a clean pocket. So this graph shows for every quarterback, their uh, EPA per drop back on the X axis is, is clean pockets. The Y axis is under pressure. And we can see that Lamar Jackson does fairly well in both categories in terms of how well he ranks across the league. But if you look at what numbers are on the axis, you can see that in clean pockets, all the quarterbacks, except for Blaine Gabbert, average a positive EPA and a significantly positive EPA at that. Lamar averages over 0.3 EPA per dropback in clean pockets. And even though he's one of the best players under pressure, his EPA per dropback under pressure on average is around minus 0.2. So he's still averaging negative plays. So even though he's better than almost anyone in the league, once the pressure gets there, it's, he's still much better when there's no pressure. Of course. <laughs> and that makes total sense. <laughs> so the, the, the whole idea here being even, you know, the quarterbacks that are best under pressure compared to the rest of the league, um, they're clearly talented at escaping pressure. But ultimately, the, your, your best proposition would still be to not have pressure and quarterbacks get to control that by deciding when to throw the football. And even when pressure does come uh, for, for almost any quarterback, it's still better to just get rid of the football. Plus you avoid the wear and tear on the body. Um, and, and if sure. quarterbacks looking for longevity, Lamar is pretty young and we've seen a history of other mobile quarterbacks that they have a hard time lasting in the league because they get hit a lot and um, you know, put themselves in harm's way. The best way to avoid that, and we've seen the, the past couple decades, the, the best quarterbacks that have had the longest careers are ones who have protected their bodies, gotten rid of the football, and just as soon as pressure comes, they say, I'm going to cut my losses here. I'm not going to keep gambling. Yeah, absolutely. And I've looked at how when Lamar is getting hit the hardest, and he doesn't get hit very hard on run plays. Very unusual Lamar gets taken down by more than one man. Very unusual he gets hit in the legs of the head. It has happened occasionally, but very, very rarely. A lot of runs out of bounds, but the times he does get really hit, they're quarterback hits. 
and and really more than sacks. Sacks is often really a run play for him. So what avoiding quarterback hits, like you mentioned, one of the biggest longevity thing. Your body's going in one direction. The pass rushers usually coming in another. They're some of the hardest hits you take are, are on those, even as opposed to sacks. But the other point I want to make about this is Jackson is still on the efficient frontier any way you look at it uh, on this. He's he's for the amount of positive, sorry, for the lack of negative, for the having one of the lowest negative paper dropbacks under pressure, he's got the highest of anyone his high as high or more in terms of positive clean pocket EPA. So he's on the efficient frontier of this graph. Yeah. So he's one of the players that's doing a better job at playing this gamble, mm -hmm. given that he's able to escape better than most. Um, but in general, NFL players, if they can avoid letting the pressure get there in the first place and throwing the football, um, or just as soon as the pressure gets there, throw the ball, avoid getting a hit, avoid getting a sack, uh, mm -hmm. that would still be the best, the best option. Um, right. One thing you can see on these graphs is also, I just like to point out how much of an outlier Patrick Mahomes is not only is his efficiency the best in the league, both oh, wow. under pressure and in clean pockets. But if you look, uh, if we go back a few slides and we look at, a, at how many pressures turn into sacks, Patrick Mahomes actually holds onto the football for a decent amount of time, but you see him at this, the bottom of this graph. He miraculously takes the least, the lowest rate of sacks of any of the quarterbacks in his data set. Mm -hmm. So one of the uh, Tage, who's who's also interning with PFF right now, wrote an article about how uh, Patrick Mahomes doesn't necessarily lead quarterbacks or isn't near the top in terms of accuracy over expected on certain throws. But part of what you know, a lot of what makes him so great is he he picks the right throws. His a lot of it is his brain. Is he he knows what decisions to make, and this shows once again that he seems to have this knack for knowing when he needs to get rid of the football and and how he can avoid taking a sack. That being mm -hmm. said, he's also taken a decent number of hits that haven't turned into sacks, and he, he's dealt with in, you know a little bit of injury the past few years. Um, so that's that's not the end all be all, and that's another reason why sacks aren't necessarily the the most stable stack compared to just pressures as a whole. We we really love Tage on the show. We had him on about two weeks ago talking about the whale statistic, which is one of the great acronyms of all time: war uh, war adjusted injuries lost. Uh, I think he kind of moved the words around to make sure he got whale out of it. But anyway, it was it's it's a yeah. very interesting concept. That was my one contribution to the uh, analysis was the acronym. Oh, man. <laughs> that's good. You got to take credit for that. That's a good one. I have fun with it. Yeah. It's, uh, love playing like Scrabble and uh, any of those anagram games. So it's fun <laughs> when creating new metrics, you can try to, to make it fit. Okay. So do we have more slides here? Is that it all of a sudden? I believe that's it. Okay outstanding stuff, just thought provoking stuff, really worth going out there. I hope people will take the time. If you're listening in your car right now, take a time to go at home or at work, probably at work. It's always, you know, easy to spend some time there. And I, I said it was okay. So you can go ahead and do that and, and bring this up and take a look at these graphs. Cause they, they do a great job of telling a story uh, that I think is really, really interesting. So appreciate that, Zach. Uh, appreciate you coming on and joining us to do this. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Oh, good good luck certainly to uh, your job at the Ravens. I, I imagine they're not going to want your content uh, out there <laughs> in terms of anything you're working on while you're there. Uh, but uh, let us know when you're when you're done with your internship. Uh, you you still won't be able to talk about your Ravens time, I'm sure. But uh, and you're, you're you're working on other stuff where that might be, or wherever your next landing spot is in the NFL. 
uh, wish you the best of luck, certainly. Yeah, thanks. I uh, I might not be able to share, but I'll have uh, Ravens fans know I'll be I'll be doing work to to hopefully help the team uh, reach another championship. So, all right, uh, gives me a good feeling to have a guy like it. you. Yeah, be rooting for it the same way. All right, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for joining us, Zach, again, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.